Chris was like, that's all right. I can handle this interview without you, babe. And I was like, stop being the sweet talker. He's like, <laughs> no, you will not. He's like, this is right up my alley talking about online dating. And I'm like, okay, Rico Suave, calm down over there. <laughs> And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How you doing today out there? Thank you for listening, and I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 69 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do. Do-do-do, fan fantastic and i know i said this already but thank you so much for listening to our podcast we both very much so appreciate this i know we do so much and can you believe we have made it this far chris oh wow so far and this episode is gonna be i'm sad to say the last episode of 2020 are you really sad to say that not really. <laughs> it is the last week of the year 2020. Here we are late in December after Christmas. And uh, here we are. It's so funny. I was looking on, I don't know if it's Twitter or Instagram earlier, and somebody had posted like, don't talk about how great the year 2021 is going to be. Just walk in slowly, keep your head down and stay quiet. <laughs> right. Like don't touch anything. You know? <laughs> Just kind of ease into it, you know, and not uh, jinx yourself, really. I saw another one. It was really funny. And it was like, did you ever stop to think about the fact and get disturbed that the year 2021 is like saying that the year 2020 won? Like won the game. Yeah. (laughs) Like 2020. Ha ha. And then my sister posted something else that was like, if 2020 was bad, just think about the fact that now it's of age and can drink 21. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, they should uh, they should do some kind of like they should really open the bars I think, <laughs> in the clubs and have this big like throw off like 2021, which unfortunately this New Year's Eve, I don't think anything is open. I don't think even uh, Times Square is even doing anything. Yeah, I was wondering about that as I was driving today and picking up Ezekiel and bringing him back here for a week and we passed through the Pasadena area and I was like, oh, wait, is the the Rose Parade going to actually happen this year? No, I think they moved it to Texas, I heard. Wait, what? Or something like that. The Rose Parade? is, Or maybe it's the Rose Bowl. It's one of those Rose things they're doing. They're moving it out of state. No. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. For, look it up. Google it. Okay. You guys, this is... No, not okay. I I was actually thinking like I could go and take the kids. Well, actually, I wouldn't take the kids because, you know, crowds and everything. But... Well, I, th- I don't think you go anywhere. And speaking of that, I just remembered my mom. I was talking on the phone and she said that this is going to be the first New Year's Eve that she's ever been in town. Oh, yeah. They always go to Las Vegas every single New Year's Eve. And this is going to be the first time ever in like the, probably the last like 20 years that they actually are going to be here in town at home. And the mom said, what do people do <laughs> for New Year's Eve like at home? Like what do they do? Because they're always at this big uh, festival or this big like um, – Oh, yeah, that music thing that happens in Vegas like the – But it's a, yeah. New, a New Year's Eve party right. they always go to. And uh, they're not going to be there for this year. So, Well, you know, there has been a lot that's happened in the year 2020. Some things that have been more difficult than others and some – 
big successes. And what do we like to do on our last episode of the year, Chris? We like to run through the year in review of 2020. And I know that um, it may not sound like a lot has really happened because of all the closures and <laughs> yeah. the whole COVID and everything. But we look back at the year and actually for us and our podcast and well us and generally speaking we've actually did a lot of stuff yeah i mean in in our personal lives we definitely have we figured out how to do some uh, socially distanced appropriate not gatherings but maybe getaways safe getaways and things like that and uh, the other thing is that the fact is of podcasting because we're able to do it in our home-based studio that we're able to really accomplish a lot, right, Chris? Absolutely. Like, we were able to have a bunch of guests on this year. I mean, every single episode, we've had a guest. We'll have some on later today, too. But um, And Christine's been home, um, working from home remotely because of COVID. And it's been great being able to have her here so we can get this stuff done. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit harder at first when we first had to go to this emergency distance learning with the kiddos and trying to figure out how to balance it. But one of the things that I've realized is I've learned so much more about our kids the more that they're around us, some of their interests and some of their anxieties and their fears and helped to develop. We've helped to develop some of their passions. Like think about what you've done with Ezekiel with his love for music. And what's that oh, project you've been doing with him? You're talking about him making his own music, uh, like singing. He was doing more like kind of like karaoke without the words in front of him. He would like have the music. We would copy the song or something off of like YouTube and then he had the audio, and then what we would do is he would sing to the audio in his head to the music, and right. we kind of record it all. And he put them all down on track on a, um, a CD, kids. That's like a right. compact disc. It's like <laughs> Old a school. Yeah, he had to learn how to burn a CD for his first time. That was well, cool. Well, actually, I had to learn how to burn a CD because <laughs> I haven't done it in so long. I'm like, okay, I know you put the CD in here. It's blank. And they got to figure out what button. But luckily, I think on Windows, maybe Mac too, but on Windows, when you put a blank CD in there, the computer says, hey, this CD is blank. Would you like to burn a music CD? And I say, yes, sir, I would. <laughs> Let's do this. And then you just dra dry, drag and drop the uh, tracks onto the thing. And then I, there you go. Yeah. He, and he, he, he started to rap to some of them. And some of it was singing and some of it was rapping. But it's a passion that he had. And then he taught himself how to auto-tune and like do some really different types of reverb and things on his voices. But that was because you had some time with him because he was not in school at that time or he was distance learning. I think it was when we were under quarantine. Right. We're all here at the house. Right. But I am back to work and it is back to full throttle and I've been busy, surprisingly. Right. Real busy at work. But but when you were home with all of us, we were able to do some fun things with the kids, right? And speaking of fun things, hey, Christine, why don't we run down some of the things we did over the last year, 2020? Yeah, well, what did you let's start off with one of your well, your big purchase that you made this year. Well, big purchase. Well, there's a couple of big purchases, really. Was there? What well, you're wear you should be wearing one on your finger. Um, it's downstairs by the sink. What? Sorry. So lose it. But that was in September. Okay. Well last year, twenty nineteen. But what big purchase is sitting outside of our house? One that's like parked out with wheels and uh and a very sexy sounding engine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about my brand new Ford F-150 Roush? Yes. 
I am with its beautiful new inserted cup holders that I bought for you. Oh, too. thanks, babe. <laughs> Thank you for Christmas present. I appreciate that. Yeah, but you bought that truck. And I know that, that was a big experience for you. What was it like when you were able to actually drive off the lot with that truck? Well, it was really weird because I was telling Jacob the other day we were driving around in it. And I was saying how like growing up, I never, ever imagined that I would actually ever own drive let alone own a vehicle like this caliper of this like size i mean everybody at my work like drools over the truck everybody I run into just loves a thing they see it they and the lo- girls are like i like the color of your truck is it purple or is it brown i'm like back up sister he's got a ring on Wait, his finger who said that mm, i'm not gonna tell you okay you gonna point him out Mm-mm. okay well no, I, I i'm keeping the- it to myself <laughs> so i did trade in my other truck which i loved so much i love my other f-150 i had so this is my second F-150, both pretty much the same. They're both uh, crew cab with the same 5.0 V8 engine. Right. Um, you know, it's very similar. I mean, although one is a Roush, which is like off-road and has all those bells and whistles and mm-hmm. all those gadgets. And it's, it's nice. It's a very- so basically what you're saying is you're a big deal. Pretty much, pretty much. It's like a Raptor. If you know what a Raptor F-150 is, it's like that. Yeah. Well, after you bought your dream truck, I think it was only like two weeks later that I ended up trading in my sassy single girl convertible and upgrading to a hot mom SUV. Yeah. Well, actually, for far as SUVs go, it's probably the coolest, hottest SUV um, is that just because I'm driving it? Th- you actually kick it up another notch, really. <laughs> it's a Ford Explorer, but it's this ruby red, very beautiful red color, and I love it. Yeah, it's like cardinal red, USC colors. Fight on, Trojans. Go Trojans! Yeah. So that was a big step for me because I loved my convertible, and I had a convertible Camaro, and it was like my first purchased by myself after my divorce and I had been driving an SUV before that and I was like I need a single lady car and it only had four seats in it and when we first started dating I loved when we would drive it like to the beach or take the boys out for frozen yogurt in the evenings but there's only four seats and there's five of us and so we couldn't ever go out as a family plus it was really tight in the back seat I remember I tried to take your par- well I did take your parents and your sister with me to this concert out at uh, Liberty Station one time and we started to drive away and I had never sat in the back seat so I had no idea how uncomfortable it was but and it's a sports car I mean it is a know. sports car and then the back is low like the the roof of the car is really low and after that trip, I was like, I I need to see how bad this is. And I climbed into the back seat. I was dying. I am to your parents, to Fred and Sandy, and to your sister Jana, I'm so sorry that I tortured you with a ride all around San Diego in my know. convertible. It, it's like any like a Mustang, the same thing. Their back seat is like it has a back seat, like they say, but But they're bucket seats. Yeah, but the seat kind of slopes back. Right. Like butt kind of slopes back <laughs> at a at a angle. It, kicks your legs up a little more so you cut more headroom so you're kind of leaning back but regardless of about that your, your knees are crammed and the person has to shove their seat to the front to right get your legs back there but i upgraded the car and it fits everybody and we were able to break it in over the summer by taking it on our first family road trip right chris that's right we took a big family road trip to las vegas and then from las vegas we cruised up into Zion National Park, which happens to be in the state of Utah. Utah. And that is where our big road trip is we did this summer. Yeah, and we had so much fun. And we took the kids hiking in the Virgin River. 
and they had a blast. I loved watching the kids walking through the water and little Mason was like up to his almost to his shoulders, but he was like determined and he they had their walking sticks and I was like, Mason, do you need help? And he's like, no, I got it. I'm good. And he kept going and I was so proud of the kids for, you know, pushing through and the little ones and I even went further than you had gone and we ended up finding this waterfall, beautiful waterfall. And that whole trip and staying in our little townhouse that we rented, our Airbnb, and all of that adventure together and going to Vegas, it was such a sweet memory for me. And if you would like to also experience a little bit of that sweet memory, you can go to our website at www.chrisandchristineshow.com. And there we have a YouTube video that I put together of that actual trip. I love that video. That video is live on our website still. You can find it there. And speaking of our website, I think that's, this year was a year that I actually designed the website and launched it. Yeah, you're right. You did. And you did such a great job with it. I love it so much. And think it captures a lot of our story, our bios, um, and some of the interviews that of other podcasts that we've been on, which I think is really a great accomplishment for us that in addition to recording our episode every week and spending time with our family, we were able to be featured guests on a couple of other podcasts, right, Chris? Right. People want us to be on their show. And then we've had guests, a lot of guests on our show. How many guests have we had so far? Like 20 something or we've something? We've had over 20. I was counting through this and trying to think back to when we had our first set of guests. And I think that we're bordering on 30. I mean, it's been really fantastic. I, you know, I think this year, though, was a year we actually had our very first guest that we did together. Uh, that was Krista Beck, I believe. That was like, I think, in uh, January. I'm I not quite sure, but I think so. It was around January is when we recorded it. And so it was like right after New Year's, I remember. And we were so nervous. We did so much prep work for that interview. We read her book, bought her book, read it. And we both like discussed all kinds of stuff. And we had a whole system going on. Right. And we did it over the phone. <laughs> and, and trying to make sure the computer was working. And just, just trying to make sure all the glitches were kind of ironed out before right. we really ran through it. And, and um, we've continued to get better. And I think that out of our guests, all of them have been amazing. But for me, as your wife, I'm still getting used to saying that. But as your wife, I think one of the times that I was most excited for you specifically personally was when we got to have on our show the first individual that you'd ever listened to in terms of podcasts. Right. Back in 2009, I started listening to podcasts for the first time ever, kind of on the reg. Only had a couple shows, and there are probably a lot less shows then than there are now. But there was a tech show called Tech Stuff from the How Stuff Works company or website right. or whatever mm -hmm. it was back then. And uh, Jonathan Strickland, the host of that show, and still to this day, he um, came on our podcast. Yeah. And I think another really exciting one, which I've loved every one of our guests, so this isn't to diminish anyone, but was when we got to also interview Dave Jackson on our podcast because it allowed us to get to know the person behind the podcast and to get to know more of his story and listening to him give advice from lessons he he's learned from marriage and divorce and being on the other side. I just I thought it was a very rich conversation and I think that's one of the things I've loved the most about having guests on our show is being able to make these connections and friendships and 
that's led us to being able to help some of the up and coming podcasts, right, Chris? Right, because I um, uh, here's a little tease for next year. By the way, everybody, <laughs> heads up! I'm looking into launching another podcast. What another I know podcast? What? Well, this other podcast I'm thinking about launching is going to be basically a tutorial type of podcast where I will just give you a few tips, very simple stuff, and then I will have a little one-on-one consulting via Zoom, because how else do you do consulting? Right. Zoom is how you do it. Right. And uh, just to show you guys a few tricks and a few things to launch your podcast, but here's the catch. I'm going to make sure that I can keep your podcast to a budget of zero. Woo! What? I can afford zero, you're saying. That's right. You can afford zero. now. <laughs> so this is your hot tease, and you got to stay tuned for that. Now, I have a question for you, Chris, because this is your solo venture. Are you like doing one of those moves, you know, like the boy band where like the lead singer branches off to like have his own individual album? Are you going to abandon the band? Are you going to leave me high and dry? Of course not, babe. This is, <laughs> this is the Chris and Christine All show. Right. And I will never abandon you. Look, okay. I, put, I put a ring on you and me. So that's proof, that's proof it's in the pudding. All right. right well, there. you know. You so look forward to that new podcast adventure I'll be putting out there next year. Um, I got to, it's all in the, you know, thinking process right now. And, right. And, and I'm excited for you to do that. And I think that it's just a testament to how much we've grown in this show and how much you've grown in your own talents. And you are very gifted with this. Oh, and- thank you. And by the way, listeners out there, let me tell you something. We don't spend a lot of money doing this podcast and you don't have to either. So I'm going to show you some tips and tricks on how to do that. Yeah, well, we're excited to hear about that, Chris, and we'll stay tuned over the next year or so as you help to draw people into that. But let's uh, finish up with talking about a couple of things on the home front on what we've accomplished this year. Oh, uh, are you talking about the great home disasters we went through (laughs) of uh, 2020? Yes. Two two floods in two months, um, both in the same wing of the house. Right. Somewhat. And you know what? 2020 wouldn't have ended without a bang, which is that the dryer and the dishwasher are now malfunctioning. So 2020's ending strong. Yes, it's like going out the way it's coming in. <laughs> Just things breaking left it's and like right. It's like a tornado. It's so funny. <laughs> we had a flood upstairs in the uh, second bathroom or the guest bathroom. Yeah, the hall bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it was a busted pipe that flooded downstairs to the garage. Big disaster. And had to have the whole bathroom regutted, which was the good thing was, it was that we had our whole bathroom remodeled. And I wanted to do that anyway. So, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, we ended up getting it fixed. And then we had the downstairs flood, which actually we had to move out for that. But we've come out on the other side. And in the midst of those two floods, right in the in between point, we ended up having to cancel our Hawaii wedding, our dream wedding that we'd paid for. And pivoting quickly because we wanted to keep our same date and planning a local wedding. And I will say from a bride's perspective, you know, you hear after the fact people thinking through, oh, I wish I could have done this. I look back on that day and it was absolutely magical and everything I'd ever dreamt of. And not just because I married this amazing man that's sitting here across from me. But because oh, that's me. Thank you so so much. But because that day was a, a real fairy tale and I got to see our boys being so excited for us to get married. And I really loved that day. And I, I want to pause for a second because speaking of our boys, they have asked for us to please talk for at least a minute about this being the last episode of the year 
And we started our year with creating a family vision board. Do you remember that, Chris? Yes, I did. What was on that vision board? There was a lot of things individually for each of the kids. And many of those things included travel. So it's obvious that a number of those things weren't able to happen. We weren't able to get Mason to his first football game. Ezekiel wasn't able to go see a Steelers game. Uh, We had Hawaii, different aspects on our vision board. But at the center of that vision board is where we actually accomplished so much. And it was one-on-one quality time with the kids, cooking meals at home, paying off debts, and really focusing on that and focusing on the heart of our family. And remodeling the house. I mean, yeah. we, we actually think about it. We got a brand new air conditioning unit, HVAC system put in this house. That was something we kind of I was planning on you know, taking care of sometime in the near future. Then also we got the bathroom remodeled, of course. And uh, was there anything else we fixed? Yeah. So on our list, we had complete 20 home DIY projects. And before all of the pandemic hit, we were at like halfway through. Well, we're done with that. We had individual dates with the kids, dates together. And we just had to get creative with these things. And so some of those things were early morning, little crafty projects with the kids, um, paying off extra debt, random acts of kindness. I feel like that's where we were really strong. And so while there were a lot of things that we'd set as our intentions for the year, like Walt Disney World and going on different roller coasters and getting a driver's permit and you know things for us in terms of travel, those things, while they didn't happen, what did happen is we strengthened the fabric of our family on top of building a podcast that we are really proud of. And so while there's a lot of mess that's happened in 2020, I end this year very grateful for you and for our boys and for what we've built here. And I just want to say thank you for letting me be part of this journey with you. Oh, babe, that is the sweetest thing that any wife, girlfriend, or lover could any could say and thank you so much that is very sweet and i i say this has been so great and thank you so much for coming on this journey with me also and for being a good sport and playing along on this whole podcast fun thing we've been doing this experiment of podcasting remember how it all started it was like hey you want to do a podcast like for fun (laughs) just to play around with it and here we are today and thank you for listening we really really appreciate this And now, as we go into 2021, you're probably thinking, you know what? I got to get out there on the dating scene and maybe, just maybe, (laughs) find that special somebody. And I think, because hopefully by 2021, we're all crossing our fingers here and that maybe the whole COVID season has ended and we can get back to the good old, uh, you know, meeting and mingling. Right. But what do you do if you are out there meeting and mingling, hooking up with uh, the fellas or the ladies, and things go south? Things go wrong, like really, really wrong. Well, our next two guests have a podcast dedicated to that very same topic, and we will have them on right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love. If you enjoy our show and are looking to buy, say, a new jersey, sweatshirt, or hat, you can support us by going to 
podgo.co slash fanatics and get 25% off your next order. That's podgo.co slash fanatics. So check out fanatics for your officially licensed everything. Hey, 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 welcome back, everybody. On today's show, we have not one, but two VIP guests. They are best friends, podcasters, and we are so happy to have Liz and Shana here today from the podcast, You Should Have Ghosted. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank Hello. you. Hi. Oh my gosh, so cute. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, ladies, how are you guys doing? We're good. How are you? We're doing well. Fantastic. We're so, excited to have you on the show today. Uh, we've been chatting about your podcast all week long, and you know, Chris listened to it. I wanted to play the, I would say, curious observer from the outside to have you tell me all about it before I dive in, but we're excited to hear about it today. We're excited um, to tell you about it today. Yeah, we're <laughs> definitely excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, where in the world are you joining us from today? We're in Connecticut, <laughs> the lone state where you have no idea where it is unless you Google it. Connecticut. <laughs> now, is Connecticut the small, tiny little state by oh, no, East Coast? No, that's Rhode Island. That's Rhode Island. <laughs> what do I know? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just a tiny bit bigger than them, but not a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is Connecticut famous for? Um, probably lobster rolls and clam pizzas. Oh, yeah. Clam pizza? pizza? Wait, wait, did you yeah. say clam pizza? I did. Yeah. I did. I've never personally had it, but I've heard great things. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so if you live in that area, are you automatically supposed to be like a shellfish seafood lover? Either a shellfish seafood lover or like a pizza lover because we have New Haven pizza. And I think that's also kind of what we're like famous for. <laughs> Wait, New Haven. That makes me think of one of my favorite shows. Wasn't the show Gilmore Girls focused on like Connecticut area? It sure was. <gasps> oh, yeah. You guys are three are BFFs now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, officially. I am an, a Gilmore Girls fan fanatic. I love that show, yeah. I think I've watched it 17 times was all the way through. Was it actually filmed there or was it filmed in LA? This was in LA, right? It was LA. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fake Connecticut, I well, guess. That's how they do it. Yeah, yeah, the town where it took place isn't actually real, but it's loosely based off of an actual Connecticut town, so oh. it kind of counts. Oh, well, that just crashed all of my hopes and dreams oh, that I'd no. actually get to visit Stars Hollow. Man. <laughs> Never mind, it's real. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you for redeeming that. Well, let's learn a little bit more about you, ladies. So we hear that you two are BFFFs. So how did this bestie relationship start? Uh, we were working at Starbucks together. I had worked at Starbucks for a little over a decade. And one day, this bubbly new hire walked in, and we just bonded very quickly and became fast friends and realized that we had a whole lot in common. And it's uh, our employment at Starbucks is no longer still in existence, but our friendship is. So, wow. now, Liz, was that really the story, or was she like <laughs> hazing you when you first came in? So, I actually was very intimidated by Shayna when I first started. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to be her friend, though. I was like, this lady has to be my friend. So, um, I down. actually, yeah, I bribed her with free wine and um, at Starbucks, means- yeah, free wine at Starbucks. Oh, no, no, no. I went and bought it. (laughs) Imagine if Starbucks had wine. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. They do out here, don't they? No, they don't. No, in Seattle, they do. Yeah, some stores do, but we're not lucky enough. Yeah. 
So you bribed her with wine. Yes, I bribed her with wine. And then um, we started talking on Snapchat all the time, which is like our main form of communication. And then <laughs> what you can I don't communicate know. on Snapchat. I didn't know that. I yeah, thought it was like for we, pictures and stuff. Uh, well, there's like a chat feature. We literally talk on it like all day, every day. So since okay. then, yeah, we basically have just, you know, not stopped. <laughs> Infiltrated one another's lives. Yes. <laughs> now, if you were working at Starbucks together, did you have like a secret code to like be snarky about coworkers? Like you'd have your own like secret texting and secret eyes like, oh, girl, no, she didn't. Did you have that going on? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, we're both very expressive in our facial features. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes you just can't control what your face says. And we very quickly learned how to read that on Think one another. So yeah. we can have an entire conversation with zero words. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Were you guys when you guys were on Star at Starbucks working together? Did you guys ever like snark at smart at the person who ordered the, like the horrible drink? Like, oh god, what were they so, thinking? Like most of the time, there was this one person that got like fifteen espresso shots with like fifteen pumps of white mocha in a large cup, and that used to really just like take forever. So whenever they like somebody who got a drink that took really long to make through the drive-thru or something really just kind of uh you know Irked set the you. tone for the day is that, yeah is that illegal is that illegal to have so i thought there was like a limit on how many shots you can take in a cup like espresso shots i don't think um, so we that's only one a california customer. law is it, i bet it is yes <laughs> oh my God. We had one customer who would come in and get a bunch of decaf espresso to make tiramisu and I just wanted to try the tiramisu. I, I didn't care how many shots they got. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm going to give you this one, this five of them for free, but you must bring me my own mini tiramisu. Please. Right? <laughs> yes. It's my favorite. <laughs> Speaking of free items, do you guys get free drinks? Oh, yeah. 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 Is while it, we were working. <laughs> is it as much as you want or is there a limit? Oh, no. I used no to drink limit. like seven, seven drinks a day. Yeah. <laughs> my caffeination Wow. My caffeination tolerance is pretty outrageous because of working yeah. there so long. It, it's ridiculous, but amazing also. Yeah. Well, well, Chris likes to tell me that um, he believes that coffee is a cure for all things in the world, all of life's ills. You know, whenever I'm not feeling good, he's like, you know what? Coffee's going to fix that. Um, whether <laughs> it's um, COVID or strep throat or anything, he'll recommend <laughs> coffee. He's like that dad off of the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding with Windex, but his is oh for coffee. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank That's you. so perfect. <laughs> but I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> He yeah. tried to tell me this morning, coffee has antibiotics in it. And I said, no, it has antioxidants. He's like, same thing. Same thing. Anti. It's anti-something. That's right. My goodness. Well, you know, I haven't been to a Starbucks in a while, speaking of which, because I usually brew all my coffee at home. Yeah. I know. It was so funny. We were getting ready for the wedding. And uh, my sisters, the, the I think it was the day before, were texting Chris. And they were, I have three sisters. Two of them were sitting next to each other. And they're like, Christy, what's your Starbucks coffee order? 
was like, why? And they said, we're texting your soon-to-be husband to see if he passes the test. And his answer was, we don't really go to Starbucks. We just grind it at home. (laughs) (laughs) That's the correct answer. Yeah, you passed. (laughs) I know. Uh, Well, yeah, the thing is we have a Starbucks near us. You know, like everybody – I think everybody in the world has got a Starbucks right right next to them. So – but – what we don't usually go there that often, really, because we just usually um, coffee potted at home and we have our flavored Kramers, you know. And once yeah. I found, once I figured out there was such thing as flavored Kramer, oh my goodness, it was a, it was a miracle, because my yep. parents growing up they had that powder crap that was like, oh no no no, I call it milk dust, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is coffee for you. I'm like, they'd have like the crappiest, like the worst kind of like coffee they make and they make it so ugh, and they put the powder stuff in it and i was like that stuff's horrible hey coffee ugh. chris yeah. we love your parents they just chose powdered creamer i know powdered creamer is not good it, it's weird why is it a powder why is it dairy <sighs> all the <laughs> things that we have to wonder about in the yeah. world right yeah you know, I grew Throw up on powdered more. milk, so I, I don't judge powdered creamer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. true. So what what they, is powdered milk? Sorry. Powder. Oh, powdered milk, it comes in a box. It's like a box, huh? like, it, a, like a cereal box. Yeah, just a little bit smaller. <laughs> and when you run out of milk at home because money's mm-hmm. tight, you can like measure out a half a cup or a cup of the powdered milk and you mix it with water and there you go. Sorry, ladies. Uh, <laughs> I definitely use powdered milk in my day. More recently <laughs> oh than not. <laughs> I think it's what they use to make the McDonald's milkshakes. <laughs> you know what? Oh my God. Maybe Probably. that's why I love them. Yes. Yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> Well, ladies, so you met at Starbucks, fast friends, wine at the center of this. I think I already like how this relationship started. (laughs) And uh, we'll call it P.S. So post Starbucks era BFS. Well, well, I want to know what happened to Starbucks. Where Starbucks go? Because they got signed with an agent and they moved to Hollywood, right, ladies? <laughs> I wish. Now. Um, no, I had just been kind of uh, slowly getting my degree while I worked. And once I got my degree, I was ready for a big girl job. And I did stay on for about a year. Uh, I was working a lot. So I was working part-time at Starbucks. And then it just got to a point where I didn't need to anymore. So I, for my own sanity, I just left. <laughs> but I miss it. Oh, I've, I've what, talked about going back. <laughs> and what was that degree in? Uh, I got my degree in accounting last uh, last May. Ooh, look at you, Brainiac. Congratulations. You can <laughs> balance you. a checkbook. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> now, are you a CPA? I'm not. I'm, I'm looking into going to grad school, but it's kind of dependent on uh, what happens in the future with the current state of my student loans. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm thinking about it, though. <laughs> well, if you're an accountant, you should get that thing figured out real easy. Don't judge yeah. us. Those of us that have student loans, kindred spirits, Shayna. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris doesn't want to see my totals. I keep them hidden. I can't, I can't take more on. Me. I'm scared. I'm scared to take more on right now. But Oh, girl. Hey. Yeah. Well, hey, the good news is if you die, you don't have to worry about it. Perfect. Perfect. Win, win, win. Am I right? I just taught Chris that. He was like, oh my gosh, you have so many student loans. I was like, but here's the deal. If I just stay in school until I die, they go away. (laughs) Permanent deferral. To be honest. (laughs) So Liz, how about you? When did you leave Starbucks? Um, I left Starbucks a little bit earlier than her. Um, What? 
Uh, I left in May, actually, when she graduated. And then because I also graduated in May, I went to school to be a medical assistant. Um, so I decided to go get a job at an urgent care. So, really? in, wait, in May? Yeah. So like May of last right, year. Like right before COVID? May 2019. Yeah. yeah. So like just uh, nine months before COVID? Yeah. Wow. Dr. Liz. Dr. Liz is in the house. (laughs) Yes. I'm actually going to start going to nursing school after all of this. That's fantastic. (laughs) Why don't you go right now? Because I'm sure they need you. You know, they need nurses and stuff. Uh, I need some prereqs first and I'm not (laughs) mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. My sister is a nurse and she works at Mayo Hospital and uh, my mom's mom's nurse practitioner. So, uh, (gasps) yeah, totally get that. Got a long line (laughs) of nurses. Yeah. Yep. I didn't follow and it. Christine, and Christine's <laughs> gonna be a doctor coming up here in, in, in next year. Not a doctor of medicine, Chris. Shh, what? <laughs> a doctor is a doctor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting my doctorate, so doctorate in education. But he likes to ask if I can uh, write prescriptions when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a fake prescription pad and be like, Dr. Christine prescribes you all of the house chores, Chris. Yes, <laughs> no. Do that. Do that. Oh, she, already, she already does already. My goodness. She's <laughs> practicing. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Well, ladies, we have loved learning a little bit about you and your backgrounds, but we also know that you have a BFF project that you work on together weekly, and that is your podcast. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Ah, right. Yes. So tell us about it. It's called You Should Have Ghosted, right? Mm-hmm. So what is it about? It's um, <laughs> it's a dark or er, yeah, the dark side of online dating, like a true crime comedy podcast. Uh, true crime and comedy blended together? Ha, yeah. Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> okay. No, but <laughs> tell us about it. Like, how did you come up with this idea of it being crime and comedy so we just wanted to try to like um not i don't know bring some light to an episode where we talk about really depressing things so kind of like the first part where it's true crime is serious and then towards the end things get pretty silly um so we're definitely respectful in that um we want to you know not be disrespectful to the victims, but we do laugh a lot at the end. Oh, so you're not yeah. making fun of the crime. You're oh, no, no, having no. fun after you talk about the crime. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Or we'll have fun making fun of the bad guys. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We listen to a lot of true crime comedy podcasts ourselves, and it's kind of a niche within the true crime podcast genre overall. Uh, sometimes, there, there are some podcasts that are a little more on the comedy side, just to keep it light. Everyone has different, you know, ways of coping and and processing this kind of information. And some people like a very clinical, uh, fact oriented, you know, telling of a crime. But some other podcasts out there do approach it with a little more humor, and that's kind of how we go with it. Just because we are uh, silly and we like to laugh and. We do like to make fun of bad guys. So it was a good way to tie that all in. So are all these all related to the same niche of dating uh, crimes where it's like the Ted Bundy type stuff? It's Um, predominantly online dating that we go for. Sometimes we do find a way to slip in. Uh, Liz did one about a guy who would meet his victims through 
like newspaper classified ads, but we kind of find a way to tie it into online dating or just, yeah, dating, dating in general, kind of the umbrella of that. Now, dating in general, let's, let's break it down here. Are both you ladies single, married, taken? What you got? I'm single. I am married. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then, so Liz, if you're single, are you currently online dating or has this scared you away from it? (laughs) I am on Tinder and that's basically what brought us to doing this podcast because I would send Shayna all of these pictures of um, like bios of guys on Tinder and she would just be like, ew, I wonder if there's any like online dating murders. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah, (laughs) we're we're curious. Tell us more. Um, basically, ninety five percent of the uh, Tinder bios that I see, like on a daily basis, are super creepy. So I like to post them on social media. It's really oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) I want to like like they actually you'd actually take a screenshot of what they would say in their bio to make fun of them on the on the web. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. I wonder how many screenshots of mine have been on there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no photos, but we, we will make fun of the bio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Liz was Liz was sending me these bios and I would just, you know, make fun of them because that's what I do as the old married <laughs> friend. I just make fun of, you know, these creepy guys on the internet. And then we just kind of started talking and we were like, hey, I wonder if there's a podcast about this. And after a little research, we realized there was not. So we made one. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's how I get started. Be very niche. And then, uh, yeah, if no one else is doing what you're doing. That's, uh, yeah. that's great. That's awesome. Good job for you guys. You. So do you research different online dating crimes uh, together? Or how do you find your content? So um, one week, one of us does um, an online dating murder. And then the other person does another online dating related crime. Okay, so like, could you give us an example of a recent episode that you did that you aired? Yeah, um, I actually can't remember which one we just aired. <laughs> That's okay. Just pick any one, and uh, um, so our listeners get a, a little bit of a feel. Our most recent episode, I was covering the murder. It was a triple homicide. It deviated a little bit from the online dating theme, but uh, it was essentially a triple homicide of a 17-year-old girl's family, and she met an older guy online in the furry community, and their par- her Wait, parents- Wait, in the what community? The furry community. What's that? You're like, just like furballs, and they like, you know, get together. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a group in which um, people essentially give human-like features to animal characters that they create. Um, so they sometimes dress up and they do a lot of uh, oh, art. Oh, like cosplay kind of stuff? Exactly. It is, oh. it is, but it's cosplay with like, you know, like Chuck E. Cheese, you know, like the costume, right? Are, are you serious, Chris? Yeah. Not that okay, I've done okay. that. I mean, Come no, on. I'm just learning about it. So that's why I'm like, oh, yeah. I thought that furry community was like the name of a town at first, but. <laughs> oh, no. It could, it could be. Actually, a- this did happen in California uh, in Fullerton. Uh, So this girl met this older guy online and her parents didn't want her to date him. So he and a friend um, killed her parents and one of their family friends. But not the girl? Not the girl, no. Wow. Only because her parents didn't want her to date him? Yeah, she was 17 and he was 25. So, you know, parents uh, would frown upon that. Was this after like a first date? Like Uh, they, They had been dating for a little while, a couple of months. And then they decided, like, this guy is not this guy is not good for you. 
So they forbid her from dating him. And <sighs> yeah, he, he and his that, friend killed her family. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, Ooh. it was insane. Creepy. Wow. That's, that's very much so. That's hard. Now, what about the kinds of crimes that don't end up with a murder? What other types of things have you covered? So um, in one of our episodes, I told uh, about this guy named David Brandt, and he was a grown man who started um, – how do I say this? He started adding teenagers between the ages of like – 13 and 17 on Facebook and then took them out on like rides where he would give them alcohol and like marijuana and then he would you know things would happen um yeah so that was that was pretty bad yeah we have a segment we have a segment in every episode uh in addition to a murder called scumbag of the week which is essentially (laughs) a shaming a sexual assaulter uh, also yeah. related to online crimes, typically. Oh wow! Yeah. Is, is yeah. that now? Now, the big question I have with this whole online dating thing is: How is anyone really doing doing it with lockdown and COVID? Is that even happening, or how's that work? Big time! <sighs> You'd be surprised. People are still doing it. Wait, they're still meeting yeah. a person? Yes. Really? Yes, it's insane. But yeah, people are people are meeting strangers in public. A lot sooner than one would think people would be doing right now. But I think everyone wants a quarantine boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, partner. Well, it is cuffing season, as I've just learned what that term is. What? It is cuffing season. Cuffing season? What's that do? Yes. Apparently, it's a season between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day when people look for a significant other to keep them company during that time so they're not alone. It's referred to... As cuffing season, according to your favorite source, Wikipedia, Chris, which Thank you view is the most reliable. <laughs> it is. It's a pedia. It says right it's there. It's a real. Thing. It's a real thing. Yes. Right. Yep. <laughs> so it's interesting that you all bring this up because as we were looking at the topic of your podcast, Chris and I had a conversation over coffee this morning where he asked me, had I ever been the victim of an online dating crime? Right, Chris? You did. And you would like to share that story. Well, first of all, Chris and I met on Match.com. Awesome. So, so we are a success story. Um, but Chris, did you have any worries about me like potentially hurting you as we met in person no not really no because not not really because (laughs) first off i don't meet an apartment or my a dark shady alley hey meet me here at 1 a.m and turn your lights (laughs) off i'll I'll be the guy i'll be the creepy guy in the corner with a hood on (laughs) but honey that's so romantic isn't that how every disney fairy tale starts out (laughs) no but we met at a public bar you know we met like actually out in a parking lot before we went into like a bar restaurant at night that makes it sound so great we met in a parking lot at night but it was right in front of the restaurant it was right right in front it wasn't like it was out in the shady alley somewhere that is true i mean if you look at a lot of these stories a lot of them like you you play them back and people are like you should have seen the writing on the wall right there's so many that it's like oh couldn't you have seen this was gonna go bad do you see that as you're reading them yeah we kind of have an unofficial list that we've been uh compiling as these episodes continue and there are some common denominators some people are just going to be violent and scary and crazy but a lot of the time there are steps that you can take to avoid facing danger when you're meeting someone from online okay there are a lot of you, you know you mentioned meeting in public that's a great start Driving yourself, also a very good start. 
you know, limiting the amount of information that you provide to these people straight away. That's something we really uh, tell so a lot of people don't about. Don't give your social security number and your address. You're That's saying, good, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely start there, okay. and maybe once they earn your trust a little more, they can get your uh, last name. <laughs> Okay, well, I agreed with Chris that I would allow my uh, reported crime, which the police did nothing about, to be the center of um, your, I wouldn't say your podcast, but this interview where you can poke fun at it as much as you would like. So would you ladies oh, like to hear my little crime? I'm definitely. All right, Chris, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, go right ahead, babe. All right. So this happened two weeks before I met Chris online. And so you can tell the state that I was in by the time we started dating. So <laughs> back in May of 2018, I had just decided to start dating again after taking a five-month break. And I decided to make the leap by joining our favorite app called Tinder. Uh. <laughs> you both got ready to go. <laughs> and I was, you know, I, I jumping back into the dating pool and I matched with a guy and his picture showed that he was a uh, like very nice looking 6'3", pretty buff, former college football player. And we chatted throughout the day on the app. And then he asked if I wanted to meet for a drink at a bar that evening. And so I said, sure, why not? Right? Because a bar mm-hmm. could be harmless. Yeah. So just as I was leaving my house to go and meet up with him, he said that, you know, he only lived two blocks from the bar and parking was bad. So I should just park in front of his apartment. And he gave me the address. Would you like to add commentary now, ladies? <laughs> Not yet. I want to hold my commentary. <laughs> me too. Me too. Mind you, before I went on the date, he did tell me where he worked. He gave me the website so that I could actually research him. And then told me what kind of car he drove so that I could share all of those details with a friend if I would like to. And so I wow. did um, and gave his first and last name. Wait, he, did he volunteer that stuff before you he asked? He did. That's just, that seems creepy to myself. That seems creepy. It seems weird. Yeah. So tell me more, hmm. Chris. Well, I would not volunteer. Hey, uh, girl, I'm going to go on a date with. I drive this car and that car. Here's the plate. Here's where I work. And here's my uh, social security number. And da, 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 da. That just seems weird. Yeah, you know, looking yeah. back on it, the fact that he said he was sharing all that information in case um, I wanted to share it with someone so I didn't feel creeped out, maybe should have creeped me out. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Overcompensation. Yes. So then I park in front of the apartment and then I message him still all on Tinder. Um, I'm here. And he said, okay, um, just getting ready because he'd been at the beach supposedly all day just getting ready you can uh come to my door oh god (laughs) shana go ahead i'm just scared of this because the plan is already deviating from what the initial plan was now it's no longer a public situation on the scale of one to ten from me being um zero being not naive at all to 10 being extremely naive where would you place me just from our relationship uh, 9.9 yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> so i'm a little bit of an eternal optimist and you know cinderella glass slippers rose-colored glasses all of that wrapped up into one so i knock on the guy's front door and he answers the door looking super hot in uh swim trunks and no shirt and flip-flops because he had just gone to the beach and then Mm -hmm. he says uh come on in and sit down i'm just finishing getting ready and so i go in to a darkly like barely lit condo lava lamps in the background no no i mean we were (laughs) in the living room and then he says you know what I have drinks here. Why don't we just stay here? And do you want to watch a movie? And no. I said, um, 
I I guess, but I thought we were going to go to the bar. And he said, well, I was just there and it was pretty packed. And Wearing your swim trunks, no shirt off. Yeah. yeah. And then he said to me, um, because I noticed that his speech was a little bit slurred. And then he said to me, I have a, um, I'm, I'm partially deaf, so I won't be able to hear you very well in a bar. So it's better for us if we stay here. And I said, oh, okay. That sounds, okay, that sounds good. So then we sit on the couch and he tries to make a move on me. And then suddenly the TV stops working. And then he's like, you know what? This TV is always messed up. Um, but if we sit on my bed, we can watch it. And I was feeling like nervous and anxious at first. And then I, he's like, I promise I'm, I'm not going to do anything. Like we'll just sit at the edge of my bed and we can watch the movie. It was The Godfather. I'd never seen it before. So romantic. I know, right? (laughs) And so then he started playing it and then turned the volume off. And he said, it's okay. I can read lips. I can't. And I said, but I can't. (laughs) And then, you know, he tries to make a move on me. And I told this to Chris. So he's already, you know, he's looking at me right now. He He tried to make a move on me. And I told him, hey, dude, I'm not like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not that kind of a girl. And, you know, continually trying to make moves on me. And I, like, pushed him away. And trying to get very frisky, if you can catch my drift. Mm -hmm. And so I stood up and then he grabbed my arm and he is big, like six foot three, like Heisman Trophy kind of guy, like buff, not not flabby at all. And um, grabbed me and he was on the side blocking the door so I couldn't get out. And uh, finally, you know figured out how to get out of there um, and told him he'd hurt me and had bruises on my arm. But I had to go to the front room because that's where my purse was. And, um, you know, then he's the, you're crazy B, you're psycho. Why would you even come over here? And, you know, he was blocking my phone. So I had to grab it finally and run out of there. But then reported it to Tinder and they would take no action. What is Tinder going to do? Right, They wouldn't delete his profile. Well, Unless yeah. I had a case number for the police. So that was what could have been worse. It's terrifying, Jeez. though. Yeah. So, ladies, oh let me have it. And I know you're you're always kind to the victims, but what would you have said would have been the moves that should have been avoided on that? Honestly, just um, as soon as – oh, I don't know. I would not have even gone to the door. I would have been like, no, I'll wait for you out here. <laughs> yeah, I think as soon as he started changing – this isn't on you, but as soon as he started yeah. changing yeah. the plan – it's like, this isn't what we agree to. I'm not comfortable with this. I just met you. I don't want to sit in your apartment. I don't want to drink in your apartment. I don't want to go to your bedroom. It's just, he kept pushing it. And yeah. that's because you're a kind person and you trusted him to the extent that he deserved at that point because he had, you had no other reason to think anything else, but he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing to a point where like, thank God you got out of there because who knows yeah. what was next, you know? And he was big and, and, I just, oh, that's terrifying. And the fact yeah. that the guy came to the door with no shirt on on the yeah. first meet, that seems weird. Although, let's be real. On Tinder, Liz, help a sister out here. How many shirtless yeah. selfies do you see? All of them. Right? <laughs> so it's not, it's not unreasonable. And, you know, he had said he was at the beach. I didn't think anything of it. Like, Was it middle of the day? No. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't even like dinner time. And, oh you know, I maybe, you know, because we were supposed to meet earlier and then it kept getting later and later. Oh. And then it was like 10. 
But okay. let's be real. Like, it's a Saturday night in San Diego in the summer. 10 p.m. Yeah. isn't unreasonable for a hangout. Although for a first date, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but a cute guy wants to hang out with you and you're, you know, putting yourself back out there for the first time in several months. Thank you. You, you, you put yourself in situations that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have. Liz and I talk about this all of the time. Mm-hmm. We've both done things that looking back oh – so dangerous and so, you know, could have gone way south. But we could have been dead. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and Tinder is on our list. That's why we kind of grunted in the beginning because <laughs> you reported it to them. And we, this is, this is one of the main things that we want to do with this podcast is we want these apps to be accountable. For the right, people yeah. that are using them. That's all did, we did, want. Wasn't there like a lawsuit put against uh, one of them? Was it Match? Or one of them had a big lawsuit because somebody did something to somebody else and they sued the website? Yeah, that happens a lot. But a lot of the times it just gets settled out of court. Uh, I did cover a scumbag recently whose victim was kind of a high profile um, Hollywood executive. Mm-hmm. And she sued Match and they actually agreed to start screening their users but that was 10 years ago and it hasn't really made much traction but we want to put the pressure on yeah, right well you just never be too careful i think no matter no matter how many levels of security that match puts in place or with any tinder or, or any of that stuff you really have to use your best judgment when it comes to the end of it you are the last line of defense when it comes to yeah. stopping you from falling falling victim to some of these scumbags yeah it's true and I will say that after that, I realized the level of naivete I brought into dating. And so I deleted anything that didn't have some kind of a filtering mechanism like a match.com. Uh, I didn't do eHarmony. It was just way too smart for me. And so <laughs> expensive too. That's a place to rip off. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. But I was like on like the swiping apps and I was on Bumble for a bit. But I just was like, you know what? I know myself that I am a bit too gullible. And while I have like book smarts, I don't necessarily have street smarts as much as I would like to. No. Oh, come on, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I do you find that that there's uh, with some of these crimes and I'm never victim shaming. But do you find that there's a little bit of naivete for some of the victims of the crime where they just maybe have a little bit too much of rose colored glasses approaching these situations? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And and. When you meet someone that you like, you want to, you know, kind of accommodate some things for them and you might do things that you normally wouldn't and you might put up with things that you normally tell yourself you never would. But when you meet a new person and and you're smitten, you can kind of find yourself in these situations where you look back and you say, how did I end up here? But I, I think everyone wants to assume the best in people and it sucks that you have to kind of approach these things with this person can do this to me. If I do this, they can do this. And and it, it's not great, especially for the optimists of the world, but it's getting to a point where the reality of the situation is you, you have to protect yourself first. You can't put yourself in compromising positions for another person's comfort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, Shane, I was going to ask, uh, where did you meet your husband at? I met my husband online. Okay. okay, okay. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, we met on Plenty of Fish. I've used that app before, but uh, <laughs> back when it was He's, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We met We met in 2012, pretty much exactly eight years ago. And he's the only person I, you know, I spent my 20s 
being dumb, like most of us. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I essentially moved across the country for someone that was a waste of time. So I moved back and I was like, I just want to meet new people. I don't need to date. I just want to make friends who I normally wouldn't know. Uh, and he's the only person that I ever met from a dating app. He's sneezing very, very loudly in the background. Oh, my goodness. Does, does he want to join the show? Do you want to come on? <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, who is that? So. It's a, it's a, he, he apologizes. Um, yeah, he was. he's the only person I ever physically met in person from a dating app. Wow. And uh, I got lucky, I guess. <laughs> Yes. Well, congratulations. How many years Thank now you. have you been married? Uh, we've been married for a year. We got married last May. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank Welcome you, Newlyweds. Welcome to the Newlywed Club. Do you guys have any little, one, <laughs> any little ones running around? No, just a puppy. Well, okay. he's he's a dog. He's not a puppy, but he's a puppy. I <laughs> <laughs> well, love that. What's See, it, Chris, what's... Newlyweds get dogs. <laughs> this know. is a discussion currently in our house. We have a baby tortoise, but um, Chris works nights. And I think that... You know, while we have three rascals that run around this house, you know, I I need a dog baby, Chris. Yeah, fine, whatever. As long as you clean up after it, I don't care. That wasn't part of the agreement. It's split uh, shift. See, (laughs) (laughs) co-parenting. Equal parts of changing diapers uh, of puppies. I've been been down this road before. You know what happens (laughs) is that I always take care of the pet. Always. Uh, Well, Well, I have it on good authority that there is a San Diego. Basset Hound Rescue. And Basset Hounds are the best dogs. They're pretty lazy too, so not super high maintenance. Um, that's that's the kind of dog I have. His name is Django. He just Django. turned six. Wait, like Django Unchained? Exactly. That's oh. that was that so was the, our first date. <laughs> oh, I just watched it the other night on Netflix. It was great. I, I think you just movie. finished it last night, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, bonding. <laughs> <laughs> that was our first date. We went to the movies to see Django and Chain. So we decided our uh, fur baby would be named Django, and it's perfect. Oh, that's so adorable. That's, now, are you guys considering children in the future, Chris? That's a personal question. You don't I'm ever s- ask a lady. Why not, <laughs> ladies? I'm sorry. No, we're it's okay. We're I, we're pretty open about the fact uh, I will not be having children. There you go. There yeah. you go. Just give you, dogs. I gotta give you a... <laughs> <laughs> you brat. Okay, Chris has two boys and I have one. And so we have three together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to... Chris, you like kids. I do. But, you, but we just, do stand okay, up for the rights just of like non... pets. I love dogs too. But when I got to take care of them, I'm like, ugh, you know? Oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, but, I understand that. that <laughs> I is love a- kids. I love kids, but I have enough. Uh, I have pretty significantly younger siblings, and I've got a nephew and a niece, and now two nieces through marriage. So, dear friend, you don't have to justify. You don't have to justify. <laughs> women are not baby producers. Yes. I am a supporter of women's rights. You never, Christopher. I am too. I never. Love, ask. I love women too. I love women of all types. Okay. All right. You're. You're off the market. Stop flirting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I can't help it. It's like old habits. Die hard, you know? <laughs> okay. I have to tell you, ladies. So earlier, I was uh, pretty sick today. And Chris was like, that's all right. I can handle this interview without you, babe. And I was like, stop being the sweet talker. He's like, <laughs> no, you will not. He's like, this is right up my alley talking about online dating. I'm like, okay, Rico Suave, calm down over there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's what? so funny. 
I've had I've dabbled a little bit on the online dating, you know, from guys' perspective over the years. Dabbled? You got yourself a wife. Oh, there you yeah. go. You put a ring on it. Well, there you go. Or two. That's, that's yeah. the ultimate level up. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Though it is. I, I think too for me though is that like the the online dating start getting old and boring for me. I don't know. Uh, hey, Liz, are you you still hanging in there? How you doing? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> You're doing good with the online dating. He's asking. You okay? Oh, oh, um. Yeah, no, I'm not really into it anymore. I really just do it for the podcast. <laughs> See, I like that. You're doing do you, real you, life have, action research. Do you have exactly. a do you have a special somebody though? Uh no, I don't. Oh. Chris, you're That's asking all these fine. deep personal questions. <laughs> I'm okay with it. It's really not a big deal. I'd rather just be alone with my dogs. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know what? And I think that is so important. And that's before I met Chris, I had to be completely comfortable with being I don't want to say alone, but being confident in singleness because yeah. I, I needed to feel that and that comfort and like being completely independent and fe- being comfortable in my own skin. And so I I give you a huge amount of kudos, Liz and Chris. Stop asking these deeply personal questions <laughs> of women. Yeah, I'm, so- I'm yeah, sorry. Seriously. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Gosh. <laughs> I- well, go ahead. Go ahead, Shana. I always say that. Um, so that year uh, that I moved across the country for a guy, I always say that I learned a lot about myself and I did learn how to be alone and how to enjoy my own company. I think that's so important for anyone who thinks that they're ready for a long-term committed relationship. you got to know how to be by yourself and happy. And I think that, glad you said that. Yeah, I think that if you don't, then you are more willing to ignore the red flags, which can lead to a lot of the situations that you all profile on your podcast. Absolutely. And, and again, this is not victim shaming, but for all of you friends out there in the podcast universe, definitely be confident in yourself before you go looking for that special someone, even if it's cuffing season, because right. we don't <laughs> want you to end up well, being the they, subject of a podcast. Can't they just Zoom cuff? Can you do it that way? Do the Zoom cuffing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I feel like that. they get greedy. It it's does. True. It starts turning into sexting, texting, you know, right real, real fast, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. I want to cook for you. I want to cuddle. I want to, you know, all this stuff. Just people are never happy with what they have. <laughs> hey, hey, Liz, have you, have you ever tried Zoom dating? Like dating through like a Zoom date? <laughs> um, Only Shayna. <laughs> Well, Shana, how'd it go? Was it everything you thought it would be? It was great. We have a podcast. Oh my gosh, Christopher. What am I going to do with you? I don't know. <laughs> One thing that we do know in our relationship is that if we were ever to have to do something where we needed to be politically correct, I would have to fly solo. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I fully understand that. I love you, but... No filter. Well, ladies, where can our listeners find your show and find out more about you and your podcast? So um, you can find us on Instagram at You Should Have Ghosted. You can find us on Twitter at Ghosted Pod. And we also have um, a Facebook group. It's You Should Have Ghosted and a Facebook page. You Should Have Ghosted. You know what? I love that title because I think of all of the times that I was ghosted and it was many, many, many times. And I am thankful and you're right. There's several that I should have ghosted them. Yeah. That's really our like thing. Like, don't be afraid to be impolite. You know what I mean? When yeah. it comes to your own safety. I think, I think ghosting is probably the politest way you can go about it, really. Because right? there's other I ways agree. you can be a jerk. You can, you know, you can totally like say, screw you and like be real nasty. But just disappearing, it's like, I think you kind of get the clue. I mean, everybody gets a yeah. clue. Well, you don't Hopefully. hear from yeah. you. 
Hopefully. I don't want a long paragraph telling me why I suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> well, ladies, this has been fantastic. So, friends, look up our friends that you should have ghosted. Listen in to their true, ki- true crime comedy podcast. And Liz and Sheena, thank you so much for joining us on the Chris and Christine show today. Thank you so much for having us. We had so much fun. This was amazing. (laughs) The Pod Breed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Pod Breed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. You know, that was fantastic to have the hosts of the You Should Have Ghosted podcast on our show for our very last episode of 2020. Yeah, it definitely was. Was there anything that you took away from that conversation? Yeah, actually, I was thinking about when you were telling me about that crazy date you went on. <laughs> um, I don't know if you call it a date. I think it more of like a like a prey and uh, you know, vulture <laughs> trying to like uh, catch its prey kind of thing. I was wondering if you kind of like when you met me, if you were kind of like, well, I don't know. I just went through this bad thing. Guys are kind of weirdos down here in San Diego. And I got another one who wants to meet me at this bar. Gosh. <laughs> well, you know, I heard that one before. You know, you know, what's funny, though, is you sent me a picture of your car because you were so proud of your new Z and in it had its license plate. And so I actually sent your license plate to a couple of my friends and I said get out of here no I'm I'm super careful about that and I just said like here's a picture of the guy here's his license plate here's where we're meeting um, I'll check in with you in the morning um, and I'll send a text when I get home so you know I'm safe and I also had my location services on on my phone so that my friends could track me if they wanted to and you might think that that sounds a little bit crazy had you not heard that previous dating story of I mean that was the, the guy that I went on a date on date with right before i met you now, that's what i'm saying is that like i probably freaked you out a little bit but i try to be very cool and calm and, and i i never never really deviate from the plan like right. that knucklehead did yeah because that's probably like a red red flag especially for the first date yeah i don't think even the second or third date really you but know? you also have to think about me and i think that i'm the type of person that might be the victim of these types of things more frequently because i my first boyfriend Ever well, I mean, other than middle school, my first boyfriend was my uh, my now ex husband, and I started dating him my you know right after my freshman year of college. That's the only guy I dated as an adult until I was divorced and now out in the dating field. So you're like in a little bubble, and you kind of had to come out of your shell. Well, yeah, and I grew up in a really small town, like in a very sheltered oh, life. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chris had to go home to my hometown recently. I I saw that place and I have never, ever have seen a town that has more churches and schools in a one mile block than that town. But it also is like a very peaceful and calm kind of environment. And so you're right that I was a bit rattled with the San Diego dating scene. And now I see how naive I was, but it's actually taken you pointing it out to me and helping me think through things because I'm not very cynical and you're hyper cynical. <laughs> right. Don't right? trust don't trust anybody <laughs> for the most part. But also you also kinda have to know that like 
everybody has an intentions yes. and motive, and his motive was different than your motive. Right. And I think he, what he was trying to do is set up the pieces. It's like a big chess game. Right. He was setting them up so that he can get what he wanted, his victory. Um, and I could only see the move in front of me, and he already was like five or six moves ahead of me. Well, he was just trying to get you to move move in that direction. Right. And although the plan was originally, oh, we're going to go to the bar, but it's like, let's go over here. Let's go to my place. Let's, oh, my, oh, my TV doesn't work over here. Uh, you know what? There's like red flag, red flag, red flag. I would, my, my radar would be dinging like a mile away. And I'm so Pollyanna that I'm just like, Da-da-da-da. so it took a really nice guy like you being very intentional with me and very clear, like from the very beginning to help me navigate all of this. And you've always been very clear with me about like when we first started dating, you were like, I am looking for somebody that's also a single parent. So they understand the routines and I'm very busy during the week. And it's not that I don't want to spend time with you, but here's where my priorities are right now. And that explicit and directness was really important to me. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a direct kind of guy yeah. for the most part. And you there know? were a couple times when you had to cancel like a lunch date with me, but it was a real thing. Like you gave me details and sent me pictures. You were like, I know I'm supposed to come have lunch with you right now, but my bridge just flooded the entire bottom of it. Here's a photo. And you went a little overboard in that way, but I actually really appreciated it because then I knew that you weren't just giving me the runaround right i try to be very true and and very honest and very transparent i guess is what i'm trying to say with everything for the most part and i want you to know that that uh when i first met you that i wanted to show you that yes i'm being very honest but i'm not trying to be sound very desperate because it can kind of slip into that desperate slope like i know people that will um put everything out there like i am available for you anytime and i love you so much <laughs> and i am i will be here for you forever and blah 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 and you're like okay slow down there rico suave you know? <laughs> well i'm actually gonna give a shout out and i i'm sorry that i didn't run this by you before but ladies if you're like me and you're feeling a bit naive and confused with a dating game in addition to listening to our guests from today on the you should have ghosted podcast You can also listen to the True Feminine podcast. And Rachel, my friend that runs that podcast, is a dating coach. And she helps ladies be able to identify red flags. And if you're a little bit naive like me or struggling with the dating game and looking at getting it on on track for 2021, then holler out at my girl, Rachel. And I would love to hear from you if you follow her on Instagram or social media, what your thoughts are. That sounds fantastic. And once again... Thank you for listening to us in this 2020 and 2021, which just happens to be next week. (laughs) And we will be there back for that. Yes, we will. And we'll see you next week.